This podcast is part of the 80s Ruled Network. Visit the 80s Ruled on Facebook for more 1980s awesomeness. genitals could get superpowers i'm in (laughs) the days of me shoving spiders down my pants are over (laughs) (laughs) all right hey welcome back to another episode of 1980s now you want to hear that again a weekly examination of the importance of 1980s pop culture and its Mm. influence today hey everybody out there my name's will and joining me as always are my friends and they're also my co-hosts kat and john hey guys Hi, guys. Hello. How you going? (laughs) Hey, on today's show, we're going to be getting an update on the roughly three dozen, I don't know how we're going to do this yet, reboots, Uh remakes, and sequels to the 1980s movies and TVs we love uh, that we've been promised in the last few years. You know, Mm -hmm. look, Mm -hmm. this is the time, right? There's a combination of us being, I wouldn't say we're at peak consumer level, because that might have been, I think, I think marketers would probably say that was a few years ago. Mm. But, you know, we, we still have, you know, we're still young enough to be buying things. And consuming <laughs> products that appeal to us, and folks of our generation are in positions of power to make those things happen. So, what's that combination lead to? Mm-hmm. Bunch of uh, you know threatened uh, sequels, reboots, capitalizing reboots. on our childhood, the yeah. story of our lives. And yeah. some of these, you know, I, I guess part of what we'll talk about is whether we even want to see these things or not. I'm, yeah. I'm <laughs> guessing probably we could probably answer that now without even naming a single single one of those. But probably it, it, it's going to depend. It depends yeah. on how beloved and how perfect the first version mm. was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's one thing on this list that I think I, I think they could take another crack at. And it seems like they're oh, going to. Oh, I can't wait to hear what that is. Um, okay. Hey, but before that, we're going to review current news stories related to 1980s media. And this week, we're going to chat, chat about which actor will take the fall for Hollywood's next reboot. So look, mm-hmm. even in the news, we're talking about reboots here. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Who will tear out throats and our hearts? In Patrick Swayze's absence, and which video game legend is Waka Walking? Wait, Waka Working on a movie? Waka Walking on a movie? Waka Working on a movie? I don't know. Waka Working. One of those. Mm-hmm. Editor, take that, the best one. It'll work. Okay. Hey, uh, but before we do any of that, I wanted to let you guys know. Hey, I don't know if you remember me. <laughs> it's like this button's connected to John when I press it. You're like. He's like mild electric shock to him there. It's not mild. Hey, a couple of years ago, we spoke with uh, a parapsychologist, Brandon Masulo. Yes. And this this guy wrote a book, and I've got it around in here somewhere. Where is it? Uh, something about, go- oh, the ghost studies. There it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really liked Brandon's take on his explanations for what ghosts, quote unquote ghosts, could be. And they're based in science. And it's really fascinating. Mm-hmm. So if you want to find out about that, read the ghost studies. But I just learned that Brandon has actually taken a crack at shedding light on ghostly lore in the uh, county of Medina, Ohio, where there's a number Ooh. of ghost stories there, including hmm. the 1906 specter known as the woman in black that was so terrifying that a curfew was imposed. For her or the people in the yeah, town? Yeah, hey, <laughs> no haunting after nine. Uh, ma'am, <laughs> ma'am, please. <laughs> you're going to have to dial it back after 10. <laughs> <laughs> Enough with the chains. <laughs> Legend has it that about a hundred years ago, there was a witch that preyed on the residents of one particular township. And a ghost of a teenage boy is said to haunt the men's restroom at the Plum Creek Park in Brunswick Hills, Ohio. So there's a number of different uh, oh 
ghost stories. And again, Brandon is a parapsychologist. He's wait, wait, wait. Backtrack. Oh, backtrack. wait. Oh, yeah, yeah. I realize I didn't know that. Yeah. How does the ghost haunting the men's restroom manifest itself? Oh, no. How, how does it exhibit its ghostly I mean, appearance? Are you just a guy with a sheet over your head? No, I'm a teenage ghost. <laughs> no, I'm a ghost. Take off your pants. <laughs> I swear you look corporeal. <laughs> no. Okay. Real. Sorry to interrupt, but you you cannot just it's blow true. past haunting huh. the men's. Well, room. the good news is that Brandon gets to the bottom of these stories in his new book, Haunted Medina County, Ohio, which is coming out August twenty second. It's available mm. now for pre order, and if you're depending on you depending on when you hear it, you could probably just snatch it up on, on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Brandon was a great guy. And it's, it's it's like you said, if you're pretending you want to hear if it. If you're pretending you want to hear it, it's not on audio. So you got to pretend real hard. It could be on audio eventually. I don't know. It's not yet. Hey, yeah. All right. Hey, yeah. And I'm going to check out that book because again, yeah. so you don't have to believe in the supernatural, but you just have to believe in science, I guess. It's really fascinating. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if somebody wants to hear about it, you could email me at will at 1980snow.com and I'll send you a link to that episode. Mm-hmm. Um, where he explains it all. Okay, hey, that's enough of that, right? Right. Let's get caught up on 1980s news. So yeah, this episode, we're going to be talking a whole lot about reboots, remakes, mm-hmm. sequels of 1980s media that uh, we've been promised and whether or not, I guess, Hollywood is delivering or plans to deliver. Uh, and including in these just, these brand new stories that just came out in the last couple of weeks uh, because it was just reported. Well, let me take a step back. This began actually in September of 2020. The, the Hollywood Reporter at that time uh, had mentioned, the Hollywood reported that Ryan Gosling <laughs> and director David Leach, do you know how to say this, John? Leach? Leach? It's the, uh, he co-directed John Wick. He directed uh, Deadpool 2. Uh, I, I think it's Leach. Atomic I've only, maybe only heard Leech. it said a couple times. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, uh, I'll say Leach. Da- David Leach were tackling a quote, this is 2020, a quote, fall guy style stuntman movie. That's 2020. Uh, in fact, studios mm-hmm. at that time had just com- completed a bidding war and Universal came out on top with a $125 million offer uh, to get the rights for the film. Well, just uh, flash forward now to just a short time ago, it's been confirmed that Ryan Gosling will star in The Fall Guy. Now it actually is The Fall mm-hmm. Guy, uh, which is an adaptation of the iconic 1980s uh, TV series. Is it confirmed or is it just like Australia's talking about it in, or New Zealand or whatever? <laughs> okay, you like- just blew my joke. You just blew my joke. Oh, no. Let's pause. I'm cutting that out. And like any archetypically American TV show, it will shoot in Sydney, Australia. There you go. (laughs) Was it worth it? No, it was. Probably wasn't that worth it. Um, What were you saying, Cap? Is it really official or what? Nothing. I lost my team. Wow. You were saying, is it official or is Australia just bragging about it or something? Well, this article just seemed like a whole lot of... Australia, come here, come here, come like, make a uh, movie tourism, here. We're gonna throw uh, money right. at you. Come here, right. yeah. and and <laughs> and it was being talked about widely over there mm-hmm. that Ryan Gosling was to be in the movie. But I was wondering, is he actually going to be in the movie? <laughs> I think it's a ploy to lure tourists over there. Well, because at the end of the article, yeah. it says Ryan Gosling's people couldn't be reached for comment, or oh, we got okay. no comment yeah, no. from. <laughs> so. No, he's long been attached to it for for a while. Mm. Okay, yes. all right, yes. Ryan it is official. Gosling. He's Australian for Fall Guy. <laughs> is that what you've been working on? I saw That's the wheel all I turning. No, no. I, I, so no, I gotta, let me send John that miles truck again. You know, go ahead. <laughs> I'm boycotting a Fall Guy movie. I don't care where you shoot oh. it. Because yeah. I'm yeah. still waiting on the, <laughs> the, 
the decade-long development yep. hell cycle for the first Lee Majors franchise that has yet to manifest. Okay, yes, the Six yes. Million Dollar Man. Oh, yes. Oh, wait, yeah. Oh. Are you kidding? It's just, look, if you're going to jump ahead to the Fall Guy, no, no, no. Go back and get my Six Million Dollar Man, which has had Mark Wahlberg attached on and off for right half a decade yeah. at least, and just. You know, you know uh, what, would a, what would a bionic man be today? Would it be so thrilling? I mean, when we were kids, the idea that guy could be like what we would today describe as a cyborg, you mm-hmm, know, fighting mm-hmm. bad guys and fighting other cyborgs in some instances. Oh, yeah. Uh, would it just be the Winter Soldier? Would it be, you know, I mean, we've got <laughs> tons right, of right. superheroes that have uh, enhancements. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Six Million Dollar Man was based on a novel called Cyborg. And yep. that was the premise. But Mark Wahlberg oh. has even said on a couple of occasions oh. that it would effectively be like a modern superhero film. You know, he's just a super powered person working for someone. Mm -hmm. But anyway, it was Mm -hmm. still your thunder from the fall guy, but I'm boycotting the fall guy until I get my six. It's going to be called the $6 billion man with a B. (laughs) That's the other thing. Yeah. Better. Right. You don't get much biotic man for six mil in these days. Mm, (laughs) Well, Kat, to your point or your question or to your skepticism, just a few days ago, Deadline confirmed that Emily Blunt has now joined this cast to co-star with Gosling. And they've also announced that the film has a release date, March 2024. I see, oh. you know, who knows? That stuff, like we're going to talk about when we go through this list. A lot of these mm-hmm. films have release dates and then they just come and go and then the films never yes. manifest. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't know, Fall Guy was created by Glenn Larson, who created so many TV shows that we loved when we were kids, Battlestar Galactica, Magnum P.I., mm-hmm. uh, and about mm-hmm. uh, sort of what we teased already, Lee Major started it. And he plays a stuntman who moonlights as a bounty hunter. I mean, that, that premise alone, come on. Yes. It, Fall Guy's great. And Anne Lee Majors sings possibly yep. the worst yep. sung theme song ever. <laughs> the worst? But, oh, well, it yeah. Was, like, he's not a great vocalist, but it was That's him. True. And it made the mm-hmm. show kind of grounded and genuine. Oh. And Heather oh. Locklear. Ooh. Oh, th- yes. Mm-hmm. Douglas Barr uh, was a sidekick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the show ran from 81 to 86, and, uh, and originally back in 2013, Dwayne Johnson was actually going to be performing as uh, playing the Colt Seaver part, but that's since- That's a bit wow. much. Uh, yeah. I want to see John react to yeah. Heather again. That was okay. interesting. Did you see what he did there? I didn't. I was looking at no? my paper. He started going, mm, 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 mm. I heard it. <laughs> oh. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> made, the, made that show watchable. And David Leach, who was set, who's, who's going to be directing it, as I mentioned, he was a, he was just about to direct a thriller, Fast and Loose, for Netflix that was starring Will Smith. But in March of this year, for some reason, he departed the project oh, and my decided what instead to do Fall Guy. I don't know. Hmm. We have to dig into that. Let's but you know, we need John, to research I'm, that. I'm glad you mentioned uh, Heather Locklear has having been on the Fall Guy because this actually reminds me. me now, once again, it's time to play. My name is Uh-oh. Heather. No, it's not Heather. What? All right, I've got a list of shows here that either starred or had appearances by Heather Locklear or Heather Thomas, or both. Ooh. I'm going to name a show here, and you tell me whether Heather Locklear, Heather Thomas, oh. or both appeared in them. They were roughly the same age. They were yeah. both icons in the 1980s. Uh, Heather Locklear went on to do things throughout the 90s and so on, and Heather Thomas took a break from performing for a while. Okay, here you go. Number one, The Fall Guy. Now, and I should give you a little thing here. They may not have just starred on it. They may have also just appeared on it. Mm-hmm. The Fall Guy. What do you think? Well, we know Heather Locklear was in it. She was a starring role. Do we? But I wouldn't put it past them to have Heather Thomas on the show. I mean, it's possible. What do you think, Kat? Uh, I say Heather Thomas was in the show. That's right! (laughs) 
Was it Heather Thomas? Not Heather Lockett? Heather Thomas really. was the star of the show. She played oh my Jody Banks, the stunt, oh, other stunt it's, actor. It's one of those Heathers. But in a sense, you're both right. John was wrong in that regard, but you're both right because Heather Lockler actually made a guest appearance twice on the show as two different characters. Oh. Mm-hmm. All right. How I about have a uh, feeling, John? Yeah. Regardless of which Heather, John's gonna go. <laughs> They're both fine. There's no oh problem with. Yeah, I had a poster of Heather Thomas that that I caught at. There's a there's a series of shots in different posters, but there's one that I think like m- most people can think of. What are you doing? The doors? Is it the one where no, she's coming I through think the doors? She's That's in the opening pink credits. Bikini. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, this was like a pose thing. It's not from oh. the show. Uh. And I oh. want to say she's okay. like standing in a tub, maybe, or getting out of oh. a tub. I, I, I'll I'll share it with you. <laughs> And you'll hang it on your wall. All right. How about BJ and the Bear and the Misadventures of Sheriff Lobo, which is actually a, a spinoff of BJ and the Bear. And I think both of those are Glenn Larson shows too, actually. Was it Heather mm. Thomas, Heather Locklear, or both? See, so now I want to say- Is this to say both every time? Well, well, no, but I have the Heathers confused in my mind. And so yeah. uh-huh. in my mind, I'm thinking that's Locklear. So now- Guess he the opposite. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to say Locklear. Yeah, it's, it seems plausible. Oh, sorry. It was oh, Heather no. Thomas. <laughs> I was going to go with you, but. <laughs> You're also wrong. <laughs> You're also wrong. All right, how about Dynasty? Dynasty. Dynasty. Heather Lockler, Heather Thomas are both. I don't know, my voice goes on at the end. It goes up. It's because you're thinking about Heather Thomas. That's why. <laughs> I was thinking of Heather Locklear. <laughs> Just take a guess. You're not going to know. Heather Locklear or Heather Thomas are both. Dynasty. I'm going to say both. You're wrong. Heather Locklear was Locklear. on the show. She yeah. played Sammy Oops. Joe throughout the entire run. We're talking about, yep. I don't know, yep. like 185 Oops. episodes or something. All right, TJ Hooker. Hmm. Heather Locklear, Heather Thomas, or both. And I'll give you a clue. One of them actually starred in the show. Yeah. Oh. Alongside Shatner. I think that was, see, now their faces are blurring in my mind. <laughs> oh, no. You know the, you know the thing where, you, where they say, you know, like, oh, I haven't seen you in so long. I can't, I can't picture your face. And now I can't picture their face. And now I'm like, and no. I think it was Heather Thomas. That's what I think. I think that's who was in TJ Hooker is that we're talking about. Yeah. TJ yeah, Hooker. Hooker. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No. No. Is it clear? I cannot. See, it's, they're the same person. Have you ever seen them together? I have not. Well, you could because Heather Locklear played Officer Stacey Sheridan throughout the series, but Heather Thomas guest starred on one episode with her. So there you go. Oh, All right. How about, the, see, how about the movie Zapped? Remember 1992? No, wait, wait. I can look up a picture and, now so I know what the hell I'm talking okay, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, I should have had that ready for you. Oh, there we that go. Iconic, iconic you, that could have been shot, a, something yeah. for us to look at here. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It is. I'm looking at it right now. I got the poster on the wall right here. Yeah. It's oh, something to look at. Yes. Okay. In anyway, the bathtub. Yes. What are we talking about? What was the one? We're talking about the movie Zapped. A movie Zapped. 1982 Scott Bayo movie with, uh, what was the name? Uh, Willie uh, Ames. Ultimately, the guys that were in Charles and Charge together. They had a film and either Heather Thomas or Heather Locklear was in it. Or both. I'm clearly unqualified. <laughs> Say Locklear. All right, Cat gets Locklear. Let's, if let's if get I were casting the movie, I would put Heather Thomas in it. <laughs> oh, man. Yes! Cat's wrong. You're right, because I already said Cat was wrong. All right, whatever. <laughs> Just edit it. Actually, it sound like I got one right. Please, just edit yes. that. <laughs> we could talk about that film because it started as a PG film, and then somewhere during production, they decided to make it R, probably because Porky's oh. had been a success just around like a year before that. Mm. And so they cut a bunch of they 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 shot some new footage to add in it to make it more hardcore, including making it seem as if Heather Thomas at some point is topless, which she's mm-hmm. not, and she didn't okay. know they were going to do that. Oh, um, the Love Boat. Both. I can't imagine the entirety of Love Boat. It's got to be both. Yeah. yeah. That's right. I'm just, 
Yes, they both appeared on there, appeared on there, but actually Heather Thomas appeared on more episodes with uh, three. All right, Fantasy Island. Both. I would think both there too. You're wrong. Only Heather oh. Thomas. Oh. And finally, who uh, appeared in the Return of the Swamp thing? If you remember, that was a TV show. Came out in the late 80s, 1989. Uh, I think it was similar to the, supposed to be similar to the Adrian Barbeau film that uh, had her mm-hmm. opposite the Swamp thing. Either Heather Locklear or Heather Thomas or both. I got well, nothing. Locklear more closely resembles Adrian Barbeau, so that's who I would cast. That's right! Oh. Wait, now you know what she looks like? Oh, you have a picture there, yeah. Okay. I have a picture. Wow. I had to. Right. Yeah, gotcha. It's right. still, I'm having trouble nice. focusing on the faces, though. It's problematic. Okay, I'm going to close <laughs> this tab. That's why he doesn't know the difference. <laughs> it's, he never panned up. His entire oh life. <laughs> yeah. All right. Hey, and I don't know if anybody cares about that. I did. Hey, another oh. 1980s news per variety. We got another one here. Jake Gyllenhaal is officially set to star in Roadhouse. Roadhouse. Ugh. Ugh, says Will. Ugh. <laughs> I mean, I want to be optimistic about these things, but I just don't know why you'd bother. Mm. Just make even something similar. Don't just call it Roadhouse to try to bank on something that people love already. Then you're only opening yeah. yourself up to criticism. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, the Oscar and Tony, Tony, Tony nominated actor will play the lead in Reimagined. And I got to tell you, in this article about this, the word reimagined comes up like five times. And everybody- Quit it. <laughs> Quit with the reimaginings. <laughs> just imagine the first time. It's Right, exactly. It was imagined. Continue it if you want, you know? So, oh, now the bar is under ownership of blah, 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 whatever. Yeah, don't, yeah. Don't do it again. Come on. It's, and it seems like a media person got a hold of him and said, look, whenever you talk about this, you got to say it's a reimagining, okay? Yeah. Because <laughs> everybody involved in this said that. So, including the author of this article who says it's a reimagined take on the classic movie starring Patrick Swayze. Mm-hmm. Amazon, is, he's got the rights for this one, Amazon Prime. So, Doug Lyman will direct the new movie. Uh, and after uh, producing the original film for MGM in 1989, Joel Silver is back to produce again. Now, I thought he was Me Too'd out of the business, but- uh, Joel Silver? Yeah, I Mm. thought he was, or something like that. Um, Well, Me Too only lasts until you forget about it. Oh, is that it? Well, I did forget what it was, but I have a feeling that something was there. But uh, Doug Lyman shared in a statement, I'm thrilled to put my own spin on the beloved legacy. (laughs) What? Quit it! collection of words is... Why? Why? Look, you just said it's a legacy. I can't wait to crap on this legacy. And beloved. Beloved. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, so if you don't know, and I think most folks of our generation know that in 1989, this is, uh, Patrick Swayze plays uh, Dalton or James Dalton, who's a bouncer, who's very Zen-like, who's hired out of New York City to come and clean up a bar in uh, Missouri. And uh, you know, he quickly runs up against uh, the, the town's corrupt something or other. I guess he's just a businessman that Ben Gazzara yeah, plays. Yeah. Um, it was a modest box office success, but it's become a cult classic once it was on video, like many things that happened in the 80s and afterwards. Mm-hmm. According to the studio, it's a new take, <laughs> a reimagining, <laughs> if you be? will. Well, here, here, here <laughs> seems to be where the, 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 uh, their creatives got together and like, how do we spice this up for a new generation? Instead of, in the movie, Dalton was a bouncer. He was a professional right. bouncer. So he went from one club to another, you know, mm-hmm. who had the best offer or whatever. Mm-hmm. Jake Gyllenhaal is going to be a former UFC fighter. Mm-hmm. There you go. Now it's modern and fresh. There's the tweet. Hey, that is worth redoing now. Right. <laughs> it might be fine, but Will, you're, you're right on. It's like, why do you have to just redo? Like, if you loved it, mm-hmm. if you like the universe, if you like the idea, mm-hmm. you could tell yeah. the same story kind of again. Look at Ghostbusters Afterlife. They yeah. kind of right. told the same story yeah. again, but they continued right. it and it was much mm-hmm. better. Yeah. 
Yeah, and uh, mm-hmm. this one, however, another here's another spicing up of the film here. It's going to be set instead oh, of Missouri in the Florida Keys. Oh. Uh, mm. Just like other films uh, set in the Florida Keys, this movie will begin shooting in the Dominican Republic later this month. <laughs> <laughs> the, the UFC fighter thing. Yeah. I, I don't know if this is true or not, but I saw a blurb that Conor McGregor is supposed to also be in this movie. Yeah. Is that confirmed? It is true. That's right. It was like himself wow. cameo or like, well, uh, no, it turns mm-hmm. out that in the very, we don't know who he's going to be playing, but we do know that he will not be playing himself. Okay. Um, but you're right. Uh, the, and in fact, as, as Kat's alluding to Conor McGregor, for those who don't know, is a two-time UFC champion. This is mm-hmm. his first acting gig, mm-hmm. um, yeah. but not, and I'll point out an actor. No. <laughs> Therefore <laughs> right. having him play himself would be a lot less risky than, what do you got? Ryan Gosling? Who you got else in the movie? Oh, this guy who's never acted? Perfect. Well, <laughs> perfect. Mwah, gets perfect. better and better. Yeah, Even if he changed his name to Steve, I mean, he's still going to be, what's his name? Yeah. Connor McGregor. Connor. I mean, right? Yeah. Yes, I would uh, think. Yeah. Look, I, I want to, you know, I talked to Paul Sun Young Lee a long time ago and we talked about mm-hmm. being, I used the word, I think, I can't remember the word I used, but she said, I'm glad you used that word and not gatekeeper because a lot of people who are fans of a franchise, I think we were talking about Ghostbusters, are gatekeepers and keep new people out and younger yeah, generations yeah. out. But I got to tell you, I can't help it, Paul. I'm sorry. I am not that good of a person, it turns out, because when I read stuff like this, <laughs> which says that uh, insiders say when McGregor got win, there was interest for him to join Roadhouse. He watched it for the first time. Out! Get out! <laughs> get out! <laughs> Now, I got to disagree with you there just because he wasn't already a fan of the film. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But where I thought you were going with that is the whole remake thing, which was why remake it? The existing one is still available to watch. It's not like it went bad. It's not like it's stale. You could still go and enjoy that exact same thing. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's, mm-hmm. and it's, it's not like we're trying to say, Hey, you young people, you can't enjoy roadhouse. We would love for you to enjoy roadhouse. It's just mm-hmm. that it's, mm-hmm. you got to go and rent it because it's probably not streaming anywhere. You know, you get it on a right. DVD or, right. yeah. Mm-hmm. So you think him not having mm-hmm. seen it disqualifies him from being, if I were a better person like you, I would, <laughs> but I, I don't know. I don't mean to be a gatekeeper. Yeah. But I guess if you're touching something that to us, or for, again, I can't speak for everybody, but that is beloved by so many fans, the hope would be that you came, you came at it from a place of being a fan. Mm-hmm. Sure. Which is yeah, probably true yeah. of Jake Gyllenhaal, I'm imagining. Jill Silver worked on it, obviously. But the, I imagine the, mm-hmm. the other folks that wanted to do this were motivated in part by the love of the film. So this guy to say, oh, you want to hire me for what? Well, let me watch it. Oh, yeah, this is cool. I'll do that. It's fine. You know, it's fine, but we'll see what happens or maybe not. <laughs> maybe we well, won't. Yeah. That's what we're going to talk about in a minute. Hey, okay. In other 1980s news in our, in our, uh, in one of our recurring segments here. You've got to be fucking kidding. <laughs> All right. <laughs> per the Hollywood reporter, a live action Pac-Man movies in the works. Oh boy. All right. So yeah, a live action film based on the the classic arcade game character from, for many folks, probably the, their first, you know, through their, their entry uh, level arcade game, if you weren't mm-hmm. playing asteroids or yep. something else before that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, uh, of course the, the, the project hails from Bandai Namco, the company behind Pac-Man and Galaga mm-hmm. Tekken and, and Wayfarer studio. So in, in 1980, look, we were just talking about it with that book. We just gave away. I think mm-hmm. oh, we didn't mention this bit of a tidbit of trivia that I know John knows originally called Puck-Man. 
Yeah. Right. But then the Japanese quickly realized what Americans would do to those mm-hmm. arcade cabinets. They're scr- scratching the P and turning it into an F. Yeah. yeah they said so that changed. So they changed it to Pac Man instead. But everybody knows Pac Man. Because Puck makes more sense. He's like a little puck. See, that's well, that, he, he is, is. He's like a little exactly, hockey puck. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Not like a pack of something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, look, he goes around a maze munching dots, uh, being chased mm-hmm. by ghosts unless he eats a power pellet, then he chased the ghost. That's it. Yep. So how do you that's turn it. this into a live action movie is beyond. Me, certainly. I think the only thing that gives me any hope is that the, the project is from a, an idea from Chuck Williams, who was an associate producer credited with uh, developing the, the first Sonic the Hedgehog film, which I mm-hmm. actually think is a good, one of the better video game adaptations that we've oh. maybe ever had. It's a fun, yeah. family, light, adventurous film that seems to play, pay honor and be consistent with the how we would imagine the character would be if it was more fleshed out. Mm-hmm. How you do that with a round circle that has a pie-shaped mouth that's just constantly chomping? Yeah. Like, you know me. I want this to be good. And I'm trying right. to think yeah. what kind of a story, other than the ennui of the meaningless of rambling through an endless... task while being pursued by the undead. I mean, what can you do with it that's really Pac-Man? I mean, more dots. Outside, yeah, outside (laughs) of what was done in the the 80s cartoon, the Hanna-Barbera cartoon, Mm -hmm. where they were, they did not replicate the game other than, it was was pretty much Popeye. You know, the ghosts Mm -hmm. are after Pac-Man until he eats the spinach slash power pellet, and then he chases the ghosts for whatever reason the cartoon is doing today. Right. But even that is, you know, yeah. Oh, maybe it can be like a cooking show because there's fruit, right? You have to. <laughs> it's yeah. bouncing you know, by, though. Yeah. You have to capture it to make the food by the end of the show. Yeah. I just can't yeah. imagine what there is in the franchise to do that's interesting. I mean, we just did Sonic right. the Hedgehog. At least he like runs around in an environment that's, yeah. you know, lush and tropical. And there's like a, there's some basis for something. But Pac-Man yeah. is just kind of. He's more emblematic of a game. He's not even a real character in many ways. You know, it's, yeah. Look, I, I'm not going to poop on it because I want it to be good, but I'm anxious just like I was with Pixels. Yeah. Honestly. And in Pixels, mm-hmm. they just had it more literally how the game would be. Mm-hmm. This circle yeah. just destroying everything in its path. Yeah, sort it was, of a, it was an alien's interpretation of Pac-Man. Yeah. Effect, of all the games. <laughs> yeah, and that, that's what it was. Mm-hmm. But you know, you do make me think, John, maybe it is going to be a metaphor for that, uh, you know, sort of what we all do going around in these mazes, chasing after things for. Yeah. I mean, that's, I, I can't, it's all I can imagine, but you're, that's, you're not going to sell people going to a depressing movie. That's about Pac-Man <laughs> is the problem. It's going to be in black and white. Right. It's, it's an art film. It's, it's four by three <laughs> aspect, black yes. and white shot on film. Only airing at the art house uptown, full of smoke. <laughs> Why well, is he pointing out in the cartoon? He was anthropomorphic. So if they did that, maybe he then has some more life. But yeah, unlike Sonic, right. they're moving a real far away from the source yeah. material. Yeah. I mean, I'll be, I'll be there. I'll watch it. I'll see it. <laughs> I'll I've got to. With his nachos and his cheese. Damn. And, and jalapenos. <laughs> Don't forget the jalapenos. I love that mm. the very serious Washington Post wrote an article about this. Yes. And they posited five questions about it. Yes. The best question may be the first one. Why? 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 Yeah. <laughs> who asked uh, wrote, for this? They wrote, seriously, yeah, seriously, who was asking for this? This is not an IP that screams great source of Shakespearean drama. Mm-mm. It just doesn't <laughs> seem like this needs to exist. That'll never stop anyone from capitalizing on the revenue stream, though. Well, yes. And to that end, the last question is, did anyone record the pitch meeting? 
uh, writing, yes. please, please, please say this exists. If only to hear the sounds that fill the room after someone says two words, live action Pac-Man. I liked, um, I did not know this in the how section. Yep. Uh, it says as the post Gene Park wrote in 2020, Iwatani, who designed the game, mm-hmm. yep. uh, drew inspiration for his design from a haiku by Matsuo Basho that translates to so tranquil is the area that the sounds of cicadas seeps into the rocks. Wait, what does that have to do with the game? <laughs> I have no idea. That, that but- haiku inspired Iwatani to create Pac-Man. Yeah. Something about that. The the zen of that haiku somehow inspired mm-hmm. Iwatani. I I had I, heard read the haiku, but I'd heard something like that. Yeah. But isn't in that Atari documentary, I think on Netflix, he tells a story where he was eating pizza and took out a slice and that's... <laughs> Character Maybe design. that's how he came up with yeah. the design. The character that sounds more plausible. Yeah. Okay, yep. yeah. But I'm wondering, did do the cicadas where he lived say yeah. Waka Waka or something? Waka, waka, I don't really. Waka, 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 waka. <laughs> what do the cicadas have to do with it? Huh? <laughs> They're also haunted by yeah. ghosts. Maybe. Just yeah. Like kind of weird. All right. Hey, that was plenty of 1980s news. Greetings. We're technically a conversation, a podcast for curious people by curious people. Every week, we take turns presenting a new topic, and the other host has no idea what the topic will be. We strive to educate in a way that's loose and fun. Our topics are all over the place, from light and funny to dark and sometimes spooky. Some of the topics we've covered include urban legends, civil rights activists, vampires, pop culture icons, the supernatural and occult, spies and espionage, science and astronomy, and other weird and random things. If any of these topics interest you, give our podcast a shot. Listen and subscribe at technicallyaconversation.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Parental advisory, we might use strong language. Hey, if you like the show as much as John's fans like the show, and I mean John's fans yeah. of his other podcast, John X Grown Up. John's fans. For some reason, look, John, John, uh, if I didn't mention it at the beginning, I did it. John also hosts a, a podcast that you should check out, Gen X Grown Up. It's about what it sounds like, stuff that uh, affects Gen X Grown Ups and things that, mm-hmm. things that Gen X Grown Ups mm-hmm. love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and my audience loves you guys. I love you guys. Yeah, and they oh. seem to love us more than our audience does. But I guess if they're listening, <laughs> or I should at least say they're more vocal. <laughs> Our audience does not yeah. communicate as much. My audience is not <laughs> shy. They'll let you know what they like and don't like. And I, oh, I fiercely love that about them. And they love you guys. So oh, we love them back. <laughs> and I, I mentioned all this because, uh, again, one of John's listeners, who now I guess is one of our listeners, Chad, shared this a message with John. <laughs> he mailed it. Oh, if you want to compliment our show, you can send it to me. Will at 1980snow.com. I open the emails. I read them. Or... <laughs> Head over to the Gen X Grown Up Discord and yes. let me know. And yes. I will let Will John know. know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, Chad writes, hey, John, absolutely loved today's episode. And he's talking about our review of the uh, horrifying backstories for- um, Yes. Ah, the toys. Yes. Toys. toys yes. Yep. Probably my favorite of the ones you've been on. Some of those backstories were pretty terrifying. Blumhouse <laughs> could make some great horror movies based on these those properties. Definitely. Yep. Also, the Beastie Boys talk made me really happy. I didn't realize you were a big fan of theirs. Mm-hmm. I know you more for being an Alan Parson Project, Parsons Project mm-hmm. fan. Isn't that true? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally, out of all the podcasts I listen to, Cat has the best laugh. Oh my gosh. It always makes me smile <laughs> when I hear it. Very infectious. Confirmed. 
Yep. Aww. I agree. Chad. Thanks. And then he says, I'm glad you're sticking around there at least for a while. You have a, mm-hmm. you all have a uh, good chemistry together, Chad. I agree. Oh. Yeah. And we're coming to the end of uh, John's, uh, John's uh, tenure here this summer too. Mm-hmm. Chad. So just such a, just such a welcoming couple. It's just so easy to step in and yeah. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. And Chad so recognizes you, that. If you're not continuing, you're going to bum out Chad. I don't want to upset Chad. Yeah, we'll see what we can do. Do not upset Chad. All right, so as I mentioned, uh, on today's show, we're going to be talking, right now, we're going to be talking about um, the many, I don't know how we're going to get through these. I don't want it just to be a two-hour show either. No. Um, (laughs) The many, we'll we'll whip through these somehow. Some of them, some of them, some of them, there's very little to talk about, which is a point in itself. How about this one? (laughs) Known update, moving on. Yes. Some of them I didn't research. I was like, I don't even care anymore. Uh, But the nearly three dozen uh, TV shows and movies from the 1980s that are, We've been told would have a, a reboot, a remake, a sequel uh, coming in the next few years, and some of them, some of them still do. All right. Mm-hmm. First up, I wanted to mention this one because I was really super excited about this, and I know Kat, you were interested in this too. In fact, mm-hmm. you and I talked about maybe trying to coordinate going out to see it. Mm-hmm. I was working out getting us tickets and everything, but the timing—I don't know—something else wound up going on that week, and I couldn't do it. I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm talking about the Karate Kid musical. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> So it's it's true, and I know it sounds bonkers, but uh, they turned the Karate Kid movie into a musical that ran out on uh, stages yeah. in St. Louis from May 25th through June 26th of this year, so just a month or so ago. Mm-hmm. And they adapted the film, directed by John Avildsen of, of Rocky and then Karate Kid fame. Uh-huh. Um, everybody knows the film, of course. And, uh, sounds great. Ralph Macchio, Pat Morita, <laughs> Elizabeth Street. What'd you say? It sounds great. Oh, yeah. John said it sounds oh, great, in. but you were also shaking your head before. Yeah, I know. Getting mixed so, messages here. Yeah. This, I can't believe I can't believe I hadn't heard of that. And then it was like, I can't believe I missed it. And now I'm oh, like, okay. that sounds great. <laughs> well, the good news is, uh, well, let me tell you how people received it. So it was directed by Amon Miyamoto with music and lyrics mm-hmm. by Drew Gasparini and the book for the, for the musical. And folks who don't know, the book is the dialogue spoken during musical, mm-hmm. uh, the lyrics of the words that are sung, of course, but it was written. The book was written by Robert Mark Kamen who is the screenwriter of the original Karate Kid, the creator of the franchise, mm-hmm. and upon whose, I'm, I'm going to get my pronouns wrong, upon whose life Karate mm-hmm. Kid is based, at least in part, it's semi-autobiographical. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you two comments about this review. Broadway w- okay. World Review, uh, review mm-hmm. a review from James Lindhorst, who mm-hmm. admittedly had never seen the movie. So he's on my uh, shit list with uh, who yeah. is oh. yeah. yeah. Keep it Lindhorst. <laughs> what he said is, <laughs> Quote, the creative team has melded into a single unit to defy the odds by telling the emotion-packed story that generations have come to love in an original production that is both elegant and emotional. This production isn't just effective, it is remarkable. Mm. So that's coming from someone who hasn't seen the movie. Yeah. That's so interesting. I think that's kind of cool in a way, though, to have that perspective. Yeah, I wonder if it's because he, it's kind of like what we're talking about with these other things. If you come into it loving the thing already, is that going to automatically color how you're going to see a new version of it? I'm sure it would. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I saw Beetlejuice Mm. on Broadway. I I love a musical. I will see it. I I will kick a puppy to see a musical if there's an opportunity. (laughs) And Beetlejuice, (laughs) fantastic. I can only imagine Karate Kid would be, Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry I missed it. Well, we could juxtapose uh, this review with one from WBKR, uh, Chad Benefield, a 50-year-old self-obsessed, self-described obsessed fan uh, with the original film, wrote, my main issue with The Karate Kid, the musical, is that in its attempt to offer a new take on the classic story, already, okay, this we're just really talking about that's problematic. 
Mm-hmm. In its attempt to do that, however, it's dismissive of some of the original film's iconic scenes. Oh, hmm. so okay. So, Kat, that maybe that it's good news for people who haven't seen the movie. Or <laughs> good news for it can be enjoyable because of all the other elements that go into yeah. creating a production. Mm-hmm. But if you're if you're trying to get an exact match, then yeah. it sounds like they didn't want to remake yeah. the movie. They made a musical based on the plot and themes of the movie. Right. Mm-hmm. Without reproducing every scene. I'm like, okay. Right. I mean, the only one you gotta have is wax on, wax off and the crane yeah. kick. Other than that's, mm-hmm. if you had those two, the rest <laughs> yeah. is open to interpretation. I think. Do we know yeah. if those are in there? Uh, Acquiring I months. believe those are in there. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. I think I can recall what Cini's talking about, but I might be mad the time to talk about it. Um, so, John, the good news is that according to executive producer Jack Lane, the next step is Broadway. Yes. Although I mean, they're uncertain of precisely when they we can expect to see it, he said there's no doubt in our minds that the Karate Kid will be opening on Broadway in the near future. Okay, right, so yeah. that's where we'll meet up. We'll all get to meet up in person because I to Manhattan. say he'd Absolutely. even, he'd kick a puppy to that's see right. a musical. So <laughs> right. you don't have to kick a puppy. You can just hop on a plane okay. and come yeah, up to I, New York. I mean, I don't have to. <laughs> I'm still... So could wants to. Just, you could still. Well, this is right. uh, John. When we finally get together, the three of us in person, I'm gonna have two mm-hmm. two hands. One tickets to Karate Kid musical. The other puppy. puppy. No. How bad puppy. you want to see that musical, John? No. <laughs> um. All right. Let's see. What else can we talk about here? I'm trying to let me knock off ones that Cat at least said she was interested in. Oh man. All right. So here's another of our favorite films that we were threatened uh, with the. Uh, yeah. <laughs> With a sequel, reboot, remake. Uh, Splash. We've talked about mm. this film before. Yeah. You know, yeah. We love Splash. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've talked yeah. about how it's been yeah. censored on uh, Disney+. Plus. That's right. Right. They extended her hair as she ran into the ocean, didn't they? Right. Yeah. yeah. They covered her butt crack. Yeah. Why? <laughs> yeah. Everyone's got a butt. Well, I mean, most people have. Overwhelmingly, you have to be very sensitive these days. You even have to be worried about offending people that don't have butts. Most Everybody people. poops. Yes. Yes. Everybody poops. Somehow. Okay, there you go. Anyway, in Variety of 20, in August of 2016, uh, Variety reported that Disney was in early discussions with Brian Grazer and Ron Howard's Imagine Entertainment about rebooting Splash. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Now, for folks who don't know, those are the two gentlemen who brought us the original film. Uh, in mm-hmm. fact, it was the, that film that helped launch their Imagine Entertainment. At the time, mm-hmm. Channing mm-hmm. Tatum was set to star... Do we want to see Channing Tatum's butt crack? <laughs> Do we care if it's covered with hair? I mean, not, he'd have to have a mullet. <laughs> Talk about party in the back. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's, that is a Sutherland in the front, party in the back. Everybody knows the original film story, Tom Hanks, right? I mean, Tom Hanks, mm-hmm. directed by uh, Ron yes. Howard, Daryl Hannah. Yeah, we fell Hannah, in love with Daryl right. Hannah for the first time in that film. She mm-hmm. was a delight. So yeah. yeah, Tatum was supposed to play the, the mermaid and- um, uh, Jillian Bell was going to play the girl who re- reunites with him years later. Uh, a Bell gender swap splash? Hmm. Yes. Well, then he's a merman, oh. isn't he? It was a mm-hmm. reimagined take on it. Reimagined. Again, the brain, the brain, the, the big brains at the movie company are like, how do we spice this up? I know. I've gender got it. swap. <laughs> and we will dare to show butt crack. I mean, if, if only it's a continuation. I mean, acknowledge that the previous one existed. Give me a little Hank's cameo. You know, it's, you know, it, ah, you don't have yeah, to yeah. start over. Just yeah. build on what works. But you know, mm-hmm, like like mm-hmm. the Washington Post said about Pac-Man. But why? Like, who is looking for that? Right? <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Um, all right. Here's another one. Uh, big trouble in Little China. Now, this Pork actually, Chop yeah, Express. Pork Chop. 
thanks. Bruce. Oh, <laughs> it's a, a truck driving movie, cat. <laughs> <laughs> no, Will, you don't get to do that. That's appropriation. <laughs> oh, oh! If you didn't have a, if you didn't have truck driver in the family, you can't do the air horn. Blood. You're right. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, the is. amount of times we wound up talking about truck drivers on this show is astounding. It's it organic. Is, it's natural. I, I, They're the lifeblood of the United States. Truckers make yes. the world go round. That's true. I think we need to do an episode about it. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, I think we, we just could. did. I mean, there, <laughs> I mean, that, that's true. In the early '80s, there was a real trucker in late '70s trucker culture. Started, yeah, oh yeah. You know? Keep on trucking. That was a have a nice day of the late '70s, wasn't Keep it? Keep on yeah. trucking. Mm-hmm. You're yes. right. Oh my god. Yes. Yep. And the guy, there's like a bumper sticker. Is like his leg. Yeah, he's got. Arms. He's got a leg out, and he's got his thumb out, and keep on trucking. Yes. Yeah. Oh my Keep god, on I didn't trucking. know what it looked like. Oh yeah, that's just so oh, hilarious. Yeah. Oh, that's Tom, did you I have know. a handle? Oh, Cat yeah. and I know. Oh, yeah. We're in the know. Oh, yeah. we'll talk. We'll, we'll talk. I did. We'll talk handles later. It's okay. Huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> was the word bear in it? No. No. <laughs> no? It was okay. not. I was not a police right. officer. Well, hey, <laughs> let's talk about a movie that featured a guy who drove a truck. At least okay. the original okay. did. Because <laughs> yep. in, in 2015, it was first announced that The Rock would, would produce and star in a remake of John Carpenter's Big Trouble in Little China. Again, love that movie. I think it's still holds up. I guess some yep. people might challenge it today as them having culturally appropriated some right. Asian. <laughs> yes. Culturally appropriated some uh, Asian culture, but it's, I don't know. I don't know that any Asians would necessarily see that or oh, whatever. What hole am I digging for myself? I anyway, per Hiram Garcia, who's the president of uh, rocks uh, production company, seven bucks. Shoot. I, can't, I didn't write down when this interview was. Okay. In a more That's recent happened. interview, let's just say that. So in a more <laughs> recent interview per Hiram Garcia, the president of uh, Rock's uh, production company, Seven Bucks, he said, there's a lot going on with Big Trouble. We're in the process of developing that. And let me tell you, the idea is to not actually remake the film. Thank you. You can't remake a classic like that. Yes. So what we're planning to do is continue the story. Ooh. There you go. There right. you go. Right? So- the Rock could be Kurt Russell's son, grandson or something. He's driving the Pork Chop Express. He could go back. There's so much you could do. Don't yep. wreck the original. Thank you. Is it okay it. for me to really yep. like Big Trouble in Little China, even yep. though I only just saw it about a year ago? I'm not going to gatekeep you, Kat. You're welcome Thanks. to enjoy Thanks, it. Thanks, John. Uh, yes. <laughs> that, this raises a real philosophical question for me now. Because Kat is of our generation. Is she somehow, it doesn't matter when she? No, you know what, Kat? Here's the thing with Conor McGregor. He could have watched it and become a fan. <laughs> oh, no. He only watched it because it was transactional. Okay. He was offered a job. That's the thing. Or, that right. or All right, good point. Good did point. Connor watch it out of respect for the material to ensure that he was familiar with what he was stepping into? No. I don't think that's true. I think Connor is a meathead, <laughs> but <'Cause>, it's possible. <laughs> it's not because he hadn't taken the role yet. So yeah, he watched it to see if he wanted to do it. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, this yeah. interview from, with Hiram Garcia is from 2021. So it's not too long ago, but since then we haven't mm-hmm. heard anything about it. No, it's too bad. All right. Uh, would you want to see yeah. that? I don't know. Uh, you know what? Because it's a yeah. continuation. Yes. Because I love what they did. Those yeah. guys did a great job, I think, with the Jumanji films. We have two films from Jumanji mm-hmm. so far. Yeah. Yep. I think Give those are great that honor it, take it forward, make it mm-hmm. more contemporary. Mm-hmm. A lot of connections to the old stuff. Yeah. And you can feel the heart of the original Jumanji in those films too. It's still there. They did something different with it. But, right. oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm in for some big yeah. trouble. All right, let's talk about something that actually is happening. Let's see. Uh, what's actually happening? Uh, so, uh, let's talk about the Fletch reboot or remake. Uh, hmm. uh, I mean, okay. if it's not connected to the original hmm. film, it's not. It's based, in fact, they're turning back to the original books. 
And oh. they're, they're, they actually turned the first Fletch book into a movie. That's okay. what they did. So in that sense, I don't know what word you call that. Because again, it's not remaking the film. It's not yeah. rebooting the film. Maybe it's rebooting the franchise. But that even to me suggests it has a connection to the f- original film. But this doesn't. It's like they're remaking they're remaking the novel is almost what they're doing. Right? Yeah, they're yes. Going, yeah. Like you said, going all the way back to the source. Yeah, interesting. Rewind. But you can't not be affected by what was done in the first one. I mean, that's in yeah, your yeah. head. Yeah. yeah, that's true. So in our, and yes, as a viewer, you're right. You can't really mm-hmm. disconnect it. Uh, first announced in July of 2020, Miramax had licensed the worldwide, uh, worldwide distribution rights uh, on the Greg Matola directed John Hamm starrer Confess Fletch. It's going to have a limited theatrical birth and a go day and date with premium video on demand on September 16th. So this one's actually coming. It's in the can, as they say. Mm. Um, and I can see John Hamm in that Chevy Chase role. That's, I can yeah, see that. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. He, he, John Hamm is a great comedian. I mean, or co- comedic actor. Mm-hmm. Very oh, yeah. funny guy. But we don't know how funny this will necessarily be because we don't know if the novels are funny or that Chevy Chase made them into what Chevy Chase does, you know? Right. Right. How much of it was Chevy Chase magic? Yeah. yeah. But as we mentioned, they, they come, the, the Chevy Chase films were, uh, were adaptations of a uh, Greg McDonald novels mm-hmm. and, uh, joining John Hamm is, is going to be his, uh, co-star for Mad Men, John Slattery in a cast that also includes Marsha Gay Harden, Kyle MacLachlan, and a bunch of other folks and others. And, and others. others. The story is that Fletch becomes the prime suspect in a murder case while searching for his heiress girlfriend's stolen art collection. His only way out is to sift through a long list of suspects that include his own girlfriend. Oh my. John Hamm's hopeful this will actually kick off a new franchise. I'm, I'm curious. This one actually I'm hopeful. Okay. Because what Fletch had two, right? It had Fletch and Fletch Lives. Is that right? They're just the two. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I actually like them both. I guess the first one's regarded as better as generally those sort of things go. But This isn't know. the one that you are hopeful about though, right? You, you said there was one coming. Oh, you said there was one you really wanted to see. Have we hit it yet? Yeah. Right. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if there's anyone I really want to see. No, what I was alluding to, I'll just tell you guys right now, because I didn't do very much research on it because quite honestly, this whole thing of getting this to somewhere has become so complicated or so I'll just tell you what it is. It's become a soap opera of sorts. He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Ah. What I was saying earlier is to think of a film from the eighties that you think you wouldn't mind them rebooting because maybe nowadays mm-hmm. they did a better take, better technology, better special mm-hmm. effects, actors, mm-hmm. etc. And He-Man, mm-hmm. I think, was a property that as kids we loved. And that film, for budgetary reasons and other reasons, they just said, Subpar. we can't do the cartoon. We're going to do yeah. something else. Right. Yeah. Um, but today I think they could knock it out of the park. But what I, what I, I didn't really research this because quite honestly, it's been going on for years. It's been promised for years and it still has mm-hmm. been cha- most recently changed hands again. Mm-hmm. Oh now, during that time, we've gotten two animated series on Netflix. I was going to say, animated the, the cartoon yes. got, got some reboot love, right? Or, or yeah. continuation love, mm-hmm. I guess, however you want to look at it. I only watched the first couple, but uh, yeah. But, yeah, mm-hmm. but the, the, the motion picture was, it was a Dolph, Dolph Lundgren joint, right? So he was, right. I mean, he was a name. Mm-hmm. He was coming up and he was a beefcake. He was another Arnold, basically. And they're like, oh, there's a strong man we can have in this thing. And mm-hmm. it, yeah, I, I've, I forgot what documentary I watched not long ago. They talked about the production of that and how it was just, yeah, I mean, it, we came to work knowing it kind of was campy and not what we wanted it to be, but we believed the material. We stuck it out. Yeah. And it, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it rides that line between you want to laugh at it and you want to like it because it's just, mm-hmm. it's a little too cheesy. Yeah, you're right. I could see, yeah, mm. I agree. Well, I, I would see a remake of that. Uh, anyway, I didn't really research it, but that's the one, that's the one no. I think of any of the, any of the films on this list. Yeah. All right. Uh, we you do doing, it now. Skeletor. Do it. Do it good. <laughs> All right. Hey, let's talk about Lethal Weapon 5. 
Mm. Oh. How, what are your feelings about the Lethal Weapon franchise as it stands today with the first four films? I haven't seen all four. I've only seen like two. Yeah. Well, I've seen them all. First three are oh, great. I've seen them all. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth one is kind of like, okay, they did some more of that. It's, yeah. oh. <laughs> I love them all. Do you yeah. really? Yeah. I love them all so much that I've watched them again, even though I don't care for Mel Gibson as a person now. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Wow. You were able to separate right? the art from yeah. the artist and go, yes. this performance mm-hmm. was enjoyable, which it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I had no problem with it. My wife and I, I think it was last Christmas. We binged all of them. So you're on board for a five, right? Well, I was. Um, but of course, you know, look, and they've been talking about doing a sequel for some time. And Richard Donner was set to direct and write it again mm. alongside uh, oh, and, and yeah. obviously create the film with Mel Gibson and Danny Glover reprising their roles but mm-hmm. the plans are put on hold following Donner's uh, unfortunate death in July mm-hmm. of last year yeah um, yeah but shortly thereafter Gibson uh, <laughs> basically nominated himself as the director <laughs> I think he said that Donner said to him if any if, oh. if, if ever you know anything happens I'd want you to do it I believe that's what the story Gibson said was but nobody was there <laughs> else was nobody around. was there no recording of yes. that conversation. My favorite depressing <laughs> bit of trivia from Lethal Weapon, which might be no. the first or the second one, I forget which one, but when Danny Glover says he's too old for this shit, yep. he's uh-huh. 41. Uh, I know. <laughs> and I'm like, oh no, I'm really yeah. too old for this shit. <laughs> yeah. That was the first one. And he's playing a 50 year old who's retiring. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, that would be great. Right? Wow. That would be amazing. Should have been a cop. Uh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Should have been a cop. So we really hadn't heard anything since Gibson again after Donner's death said, I'll take, I, I've got it. Dick wanted yeah. me to do it. Did he? Uh, uh-huh. But uh, just uh, just this past May, uh, Gibson had said uh, while he was in this uh, at event, said that, he, that the film is in active development. The screenplay is currently be working on and he is most definitely directing it. Starring Channing Tatum. Gibson, that's his lethal weapon. Regarding the story, he said that they're going to he will maintain the story that he and Richard Donna had already been working on with the beloved filmmaker remaining the quote narrative deriving force. I got to catch up on my lethal weapons. I, I've seen the first couple, but I, you know, yep. the other thing is, is I, I don't know that I really care for Mel Gibson's films as a director. I mean, uh, really? I don't remember Braveheart. I know I watched it. I know people love that movie, but that was my favorite mm-hmm. movie until Guardians of the Galaxy came along. I saw really? it three times <laughs> so on its different. opening weekend. Didn't, didn't he direct, uh, didn't he do The Patriot as well? That was him. He directed oh, actually, started that yes. movie. Yeah. Patriot. Like movie. Patriot yeah. made me cry yeah. every time. Yeah, oh, yeah. that's a good oh, one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, his yeah, relationship yeah. with his son. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, man. Yes. Well, actually, the one with his daughter, yeah. where his daughter won't talk to him when he's leaving. Oh, yeah. Because I have a daughter. Oh. And I'm like, oh, damn. Um, let's see. What else? So that, I don't know if that's coming. Let's see. Let's find another dead one here. Okay. How about, hey, were you guys fans of the TV show uh, Head of the Class? No. I can. Okay. Well, there you go. Let's move on. Is that, uh, yeah. That's. That was resounding. Another, another high, uh, just, well, I didn't dislike it. It came yeah. along a little too late for me. It was like early 90s, I guess, right? So I was in college yep. by then. And uh, It was started in 86. It's it a high school oh, drama yeah. thingy, right? So. It wasn't a drama. It was actually a comedy. Well, I mean, it's the high the drama of high school kids. You're watching the right show. Oh, oh, I right. see what you're saying. Is what I mean to say. It, it's the Somehow drama. You're going to make it that you're correct. You know. I got you. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Well, <laughs> did I mention oh, I didn't watch it? I just know it's about high school kids. <laughs> I was going to say you're yeah. not watching did it. Did you watch a kid? <laughs> no, because oh, okay. I wasn't so really watching TV. <laughs> yes, right. I, by the way, I've heard uh, yeah. on many episodes. You know, you say or on our Facebook pages, etc. You say no one will be surprised that I've never seen this. 
I want to do an episode where we just find out what the hell you were doing while the rest of us were wasting our time watching TV and movies. I better figure that out. Yeah. We might have to have a, a therapist there at the same time. Uh, anyway, so I'll just tell you briefly. We had a head of the class, where he, and the original show starred Howard Hessman, and then uh, from, it ran from 86 to 90. 91 on ABC. It started Howard Hessman and then the comedian Billy Connolly took over at hmm. some point. Um, like John said, it's in high school. Hey, you probably don't know. We had a reboot of it in November of 2021. Really? 10 episodes really? dropped and then it was canceled. So there you go. Oh, uh, there you go. Even though oh, it, no. actually, it actually had good reviews. It's got a 67% on Rotten Tomatoes. But. That one blurs together with me with Saved by the Bell. That was another high school shenanigans. Were, were you a fan of Saved show. by the Bell? No. Now that one I can understand too, because that, that one definitely began at the, maybe that's what you were thinking of. Yeah. Cause that began at the late eighties. Mm -hmm. um, Saved by the bell. So maybe mm -hmm. you don't know that we actually had a reboot of that show too. You're right. <laughs> yeah, that, that, no, that's the one with uh, like Screech and Zach and all those folks, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Right. And in fact, uh, so the, mm -hmm. uh, the uh, reboot ran for two seasons. Uh, it was rebooted by 30 rock alumni, Tr Tracy Wigfield. It premiered in November, 2020 on, on Peacock. And it, uh, the original characters came back, except for two, Dustin Diamond and Dennis Haskins. Mm -hmm. Den Dustin Diamond played Screech. Unfortunately, he had passed away from cancer. Uh, and the principal character was not asked back for some reason. I don't remember what the issue was there. But uh, by the second season, viewership had somewhat declined. And uh, in May of this year, it was canceled. There you yeah. go. And they tried to do so many, for someone who wasn't a fan of it, I've seen enough of it. They, they tried to do those after school special episodes like, <gasps> yes, Dustin yes. has a joint. You know, they, they, yeah. they all, yeah. how they deal with it. Who do they tell, you know, intervene yeah. with your friend, those kind of things. They, they, mm -hmm. It was all such, it was melodrama of the after school special baked into yeah. this little sitcom. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk about something that we actually did like that started in the late 1980s that uh, also had a recent reboot. The kids in the hall. Love it. Yes. Did you watch the new run of it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we yeah. got a chance to speak with Kevin McDonald, do an interview That's of him right. over on the Gen X Grown Up mm. show. Wonderful yeah. gentleman. Great. Mm -hmm. And the series is everything you loved about kids in the hall. Kind of yeah. like cranked up to 11 or yeah. 12. It is kind of wonderful, right? You would think that yeah. since they're older gentlemen now, maybe they'd be tamer and more conservative. Mm -hmm. but no, I think it's that first episode, right? Where at least two of them are nude by the end yeah. of the season. Full Get frontal nudity at the end of the sketch. And they're yeah. just like, well, oh, this is great. Yeah. You're like, oh, it's, that's where we're taking it. They didn't slow down a bit. They're in, yeah, they're hitting on all cylinders. <laughs> That sketch is hilarious too. It's two guys yeah. like robbed a bank and they, yeah. the cops immediately pull up on them. They say, well, look, I got an idea. The cops are looking for people that were wearing clothes. <laughs> so they take off all their clothes and come out of the car and the cops don't recognize them. Oh my yeah. God. And they're both just like, and like to make sure they're like, turn around. Yeah. No. Okay. Hop up and down. No, oh, that's yes, not the guys. Right. They clearly yep. don't have clothes on. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a lot of butt cracking that. Oh, these guys are fearless. <laughs> it, 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 it was the same tone. Yeah. yeah. It, it, I think it was on Amazon Prime, I believe. Is that right. right? Yes. Yeah. I'm, yep. I'm yeah. glad you're not a gatekeeper, John, because I guess I'll put this on my watch list. You Do you like sketch comedy, Kat? Yeah. I don't think I've watched nearly as much of it as you have. Did you watch the original <laughs> show at all? No. No? That's the sad yeah. thing here. I have I have no reference point for this. Okay. But I'd like to. I just made a note. Well, it came, it came out of like, a can, it came out of Canadian comedy clubs and stuff. You know, the kids that are make up the kids in the hall that comprise the, the group. Just like uh, like Second City did kind of come out. It's another group of people mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. uh, was actually drafted by Lorne Michaels to create this little troupe 
for the Canadian show. And wow. those guys just gelled so well. They ran for, I don't know, four or five seasons initially. And then this yep. new one has got one season, maybe 10 or 12 episodes. And uh, they said they'd like to do more. I think, I think they could. It certainly yep. was worth it. All right. Let's talk about a film I loved and absolutely loved in the 1980s. Short Circuit. Oh, hmm. yeah. You guys fans of Short Circuit? Yes. yes. That's a movie I am familiar with. Oh, good. So, yeah, Yay. you remember this uh, 1986 film. It was starred uh, Ali Sheedy, Steve Gutenberg, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. uh, Fisher Stevens in a role he could not play today. Unrecognizable, but in a role he could not play today. Who's Fisher Stevens? Ah, he plays I'm the uh, programmer. Okay. Yeah. Oh, but, uh, that's right. Deadline had announced in November of 2020 that uh, Spyglass Media Group was remaking the film, uh, bringing on the writing team of Eduardo Cisneros and Jason Schumann to put a Latin twist on the screenplay. Oh. So, okay, there you go again. The folks are like, how do we make this? Let's not <laughs> yep. tell a new story. Now we'll swap. Look, uh, this is, am I going to sound racist by saying, I'm Latin. I'm, I'm Latin. Does You're it sound racist right? to say that just by <laughs> switching people's ethnicity that's just a cheap thing i mean come on you can have yeah. a latino family just have a new story do something interesting with the yeah. story don't make the thing that makes me go see it's like oh, have you seen the remake in this movie but this time they're ladies <laughs> yeah. i mean that that is not that's yeah. not that's that should not be the draw that gets you into the theater because right. i've seen ladies before I, they do all kinds of great things. I'm a fan. Have you? Give me Heather Thomas. Did, did, did I talk about the posters? Right. Give me something interesting in the plot. Don't do it. Just, oh, it's a gender twist. Oh, well, this one is yeah. like crazy rich Asians, but it's going to be the Goonies. Like, what? What are you doing? What? Why are you trying to? Yeah. Mix it up like that. Right. Just, good yeah. story is paramount. I'm looking at you, Paramount. And, and yeah, some kind of a twist on it. Make, you use, you know, elements of the original movie and mm -hmm. make something yeah. new. Yeah. Are you excited to see this then, Will? Or again, it's not. Does I sound racist? You can't no. say it again. I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Just make sure we have a clean cut of it. I guess what I'm trying to say is, my family is Latino. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So. It's not about that. It's again about right. this idea that we just don't want our beloved stuff taped. John's already said it. Just come up with a new idea, all right? Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Let's talk about revisiting another idea. Uh, Beverly Hills Cop 4. So ah. this we, we've heard about this for a long time now. Mm -hmm. And quite honestly, because of Beverly Hills Cop 3, I was hoping they would never make a Beverly Hills Cop 4 because that movie <laughs> oh. is so terrible. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it? I've never seen three. Don't, don't. <laughs> no. Yeah. Don't bother? Sure okay. They're probably going to retcon it out of the series with this next film. It'd be yeah. oh. but, but has your mind changed now? I want to hear where you're going with this thought. You said you yeah. did not want to see it. I has still don't. Changed? You still don't. You still don't want to No, four. I guess I'm more optimistic based on what we're hearing, but okay. we yeah, haven't yeah. heard much. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. In April of this year, uh, The Hollywood Reporter confirmed that the film had found its director in Mark Malloy, who I'm not familiar right. with his work. But uh, Mark Malloy replaced the original directors, forgive me for trying to pronounce your names, Adil, Adil L. Arbi and Bilal Falah, after that duo left to direct Warner Brothers' now ill-fated Batgirl film. So, oh, geez, they've mm. got to be kicking themselves. Ouch. Uh. Eddie Murphy's expected to return. Well, what I was going to say was, I no. felt the way you did about a fourth installment in Beverly Hills Cop series until I saw what mm -hmm. they did with Coming to America. Oh, you, mm. yeah. Coming to America, the sequel right. to that, which right. I thought- that that's exactly what you want out of a continuation. You know, this, this many years later, I like the idea of looking at somebody that had a, you know, had a hit in their twenties or thirties and coming back and seeing in their fifties or sixties as that character age. Let me see how that 
that person has aged and evolved as a person. And mm-hmm. he did that with coming to America so well. And so I can see Axel Foley. I want to see what he's doing now. I think that would be interesting. Now that yeah, I know, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. that, yeah, Manny Murphy, though, he's been out of, you know, out of the limelight for a while. He's still got the chops. He's still got the comedic chops. Yeah, I enjoyed that film. So I think this could be good. I was going to say, I'll go see it. <laughs> except, I don't know. I'd feel weird not watching the third one. No, you like seriously can It is like a You would miss dream. a thing. Yeah. It's like someone who fell asleep watching the movie, what they would uh-huh. dream. It's like Terminator uh-huh. Genesis. Like you can just pretend Terminator <laughs> Genesis never happened and just move yeah. on with the next Terminator. Okay. You could just, yeah, keep Look, going. So I don't know. I'll, I'll, I agree. I liked Coming to America. I, I, I liked it. I liked that. It, uh, I liked so much about it. And I love that you're right. That it proved that Eddie Murphy still has got it because he's been such a serious guy for so many decades now since he sort of seemed to have left comedy. But, mm. but that movie didn't feel canonical to me that that movie also felt a little like it's not the world but it almost seemed too polished and too uh contrived mm. but that might not be the case with this now i wanted to tell you guys this interesting thing though a couple of things one just like we're learning a lot of these films are, are they're promised and they disappear then they're coming back so we've, mm-hmm. we in 2016 paramount said this film was coming out uh then yeah. they, obviously they took it off their release schedule and then Mm-hmm. We heard very little until recently, but per this website, that hashtag show, and I'm going to tell you, this is the only website that says this. I can't find this anywhere else. They said mm-hmm. they have an exclusive inside source mm-hmm. that tells about the plot, the characters, and so on. Mm-hmm. I'll just give okay. you a little bit of the plot here. It says, according to their sources, after Axel gets a phone call from an old friend about his estranged daughter, uh, Foley returns to Beverly Hills. There he teams up with his daughter and her ex-boyfriend, who's a detective. And mm. once there, he takes on a, on drug cartels and a conspiracy inside the Beverly Hills Police Department. Ooh, okay. Uh, okay. It sounds very, uh, it sounds a little, uh, some aspects of that are close to the original film, which mm. could be okay. Mm. Like John says, maybe it's, mm. it's got great music. That's for <laughs> sure. You've got Harold Faltermeyer theme in there and you're set. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And uh, as with all movies set in Beverly Hills, the film will begin shooting in August in Los Angeles. That was the third of my jokes. Say that's it actually is filming in the right spot. That really paid off. Yeah, yeah. Well, originally this was going to be in the news, so it had been like one, two, three, and then I moved it. Yeah. And I forgot I had that. Uh, I forgot I had that in there. I was wondering, like, wait, where are the other? That's why I made a big deal. Of that I told you it wasn't worth it. One potato, I, I, two potato, banana. Uh, yeah. Do, do you know anything about Tron? Tron 3? Is that, is that a thing? Well, yes and no. So um, yeah. let me find my page here. Uh, if you don't want to talk about it, that's cool. I just, no, I'll talk about it. Look, like, I, I, if you knew something, I want to know. Let's talk about the first Tron. <laughs> I loved Tron when I was a kid. I recently went to revisit it, and mm-hmm. it's a little tougher to get through. Um, and it's not so much the effects, which I think are quaint and mm-hmm. we can accept because they're part of a computer world, so that could look like whatever. Mm-hmm. It just mm-hmm. seemed a little slow in spots that... I think when I was a kid, the this concept and the imagery mm-hmm. captivated me enough to not notice the story was a little draggy. I'd agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. but uh, love it. Yeah, yeah. We talked to Cindy Morgan a long time ago about Tron and how she got cast in that uh, mm-hmm. as uh, huh, Yuri. Mm-hmm. Um. So okay. So what's going on with the new one is so you know we had a sequel in in 2010. And mm-hmm. before that even came out, Disney was already talking about creating Tron into a franchise. But yeah. at the time, Disney didn't have Marvel. It didn't have Star mm-hmm. Wars. So it needed to create its own sort of, you know, a tentpole, yeah. tentpole uh, films. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't until 2015 that a Twitter account revealed that the name of the third film was supposedly going to be a Tron Ascension. Mm-hmm. And then during a 2017 Q&A with the, the, with the Joseph Kaczynski, what does that name sound familiar, Kat? Uh, so he directed the Tron sequel, okay. Legacy. 
And he uh-huh. also most recently directed uh, Top Gun uh, Maverick. Oh, uh-huh. okay. Anyway, he, he uh-huh. Re- uh-huh. Uh, announced during this Q&A that the, the, uh, sh- the, the, the sequel was on, free, was on cryogenic freeze, as he said. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but a few days after that, uh, Jared uh, Leto, or Leto, Leto, Leto was attached to portray a character in this new uh, sequel. Um, mm-hmm. But in June of this year, flying high on the success of Top Gun Maverick, Joseph Kaczynski's doing the publicity t- tour, and he told Vulture mm-hmm. that he had storyboarded the film, he had written the entire movie, uh, and then Disney pulled the plug. Oh. Um, he mm-hmm. thinks that it, they pulled it in part because at the time they had approved it in 2015, they didn't have, you know, Marvel, they didn't, like I mentioned, they didn't have any other opportunities to create a sci- sci-fi franchise, so right. they don't need Tron anymore. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That said, while promoting Morbius, which we all love Morbius, right? I've never seen it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> while promoting Morbius earlier this year, Jared Leto was asked about a possibility since he was announced as going to appear in it. And he said, I'm a super fan of Tron and we are working hard on Tron with our incredible partners at Disney. We're getting closer. Something may be coming sooner than later. Oh. Yeah. Disney has never made an, uh, has not made it a public announcement with regarding the future yeah. of it though, so. On board for a Tron three, Tron two, uh, was, was it Legacy, Tron Legacy. Yeah, it it hit on all many of the right beats. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, CG wasn't okay. quite where it needed to be. For there was yeah. a lot of uncanny valley stuff, the de aging yeah. of Jeff Bridges, and, mm-hmm. and yeah. that's okay. I can I can look past that with you know deep fake technology you could do much better now. But it's like you had the first Tron that established thing. You had Legacy that like okay now we've got our bearings. We know what to and what not to do. Yeah, mm-hmm. to do a modern. A sequel now, a Tron 3? Ah, oh, I'm ready. That would, yeah, but I see where you're going though. Disney don't need it. They're like, we got sci-fi coming out our ears now. Why do we need Tron? But it's right. theirs. Why wouldn't they? You know, <laughs> they have full ownership and mm-hmm. control over it. I think they could do well. How do you guys feel about, like we talked about Beverly Hills Cop 3 is bad. Talking yeah. about how Tron 2 has got, you know, pros mm-hmm. and cons. And there's some franchises that for me where there's, you know, the sequels ruin, oh, sorry, the sequels are bad. And right. if I can- not watch them, then I could still like Matrix is not an eighties film, but right. Matrix for me is a good example because mm-hmm. I love the yeah, original. Right. And what mm-hmm. I think the promise at the end of the Matrix one is not delivered upon in the other films. I think they uh, were setting up something that didn't manifest. Yeah. But because I have one and I could just watch one and not necessarily watch the others, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But sure. with when you get into something like this, where they make a Beverly Hills cop four, or mm-hmm. Lethal Weapon 5, John, for you, maybe since you didn't care for Lethal Weapon 4. Mm-hmm. Are you able to enjoy this film and kind of just forget about or ignore? Does the, I guess does the bad films in between taint somehow the franchise hmm. for you? Not for me. No. I, I, yeah. I can sort of, you know, find something from anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I agree with you, Kat. I, yeah. I just mentioned you know, yeah. Terminator Genesis that... You know, on its own, an interesting sci-fi movie. It breaks so many things in Terminator and it's just not a good film in that Mm -hmm, franchise, mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. didn't stop me from enjoying previous and the one, I guess, one subsequent film that came after that everyone panned that I still enjoyed, quite honestly. But yeah, there's some (laughs) in the middle there. I don't mind if there's a bad one in the middle. You know, if you you do Mm -hmm. a bad one, you keep cranking out bad ones, then I'll check out. But you know, you usually get a second chance if you you have a stinker. What about you? Well, you can- you could separate them, right? For the most part. I, honestly, I was thinking about this in the context of um, Beverly Hills Cop a little bit earlier. Because like if, if, if Beverly, what they, what, I think what the trend nowadays is they try to figure out a way, if, it's, if they have a really bad film in the franchise, how do we mm-hmm. write around it? 
Mm-hmm. How do you retcon that right. out of Don't existence? acknowledge it. So you could pretend it's not there too. <laughs> yeah, and it kind of helps. <laughs> yeah. So in that sense, I think it makes it a little easier. I think for me, I, I don't know, maybe it's just some kind of weird OCD thing or something. I don't have OCD, but it's <laughs> kind of like that in the sense that my fantasy is that every part of it is fantastic. Ah, uh, You know, not a clunker right. in the bunch. But <laughs> you have an idealized expectation yeah. or more. In Will's head, yeah. they're all green. Well, let's talk about another one. And this one's actually in the can and coming soon, supposedly. Gremlins. When you uh, keep saying in the can, all I can think of is the ghost haunting the men's bathroom. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, I'm a ghost. Ooh. I'm real. Stop poking me. I'm real. I've assumed a, a physical form. I could do it by choice. I'm corporeal over here. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so Gremlins, we, we talked about this, uh, you know, some time ago, but, uh, you know, the original film by Joe Dante from 1984, which, you know, produced by Spielberg, written by Chris Columbus. Mm-hmm. It's got, you know, quite the, uh, credentials here. It was a massive hit, uh, mm-hmm. had amazing special effects from Chris, I don't remember how to say his name, Chris Wallace, I think you say. Chris Wallace, um, uh, originally it was going to be a horror film. Uh, mm-hmm. Chris Columbus wrote a, you know, a straight up horror film and then was, uh, Spielberg uh, toned it down. So of course it makes sense. It's now going to be an animated uh, TV series, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. And in fact, if you remember, this is one of the films that uh, is responsible in part for the PG-13 rating because yeah. it was PG, but they're sticking pe- th- things in blenders. Uh, yeah. People mm-hmm. are getting run over by, it's just hard. You know, it's pretty graphic. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. so yeah, this, this animated film is, or animated series is going to focus on Gizmo. It's a prequel. It's, uh, it's, it's going to be, tr- the story is going to set place, take place rather than the 1920s and explain mm-hmm. where Gizmo came from. In fact, yeah. it actually premiered or the first episode premiered at a, uh, a film festival, the uh, Annecy International Animation Film, film Festival, just uh, in June of this year. And mm-hmm. the first episode, the uh, re- a reviewer described it as being kind of like the Smurfs where you see the uh, gremlins living <laughs> happily in a little kind of village. <laughs> and then <laughs> hawks descend upon them, like trying to. Oh dear! And then uh, Gizmo, is, who ultimately we know is Gizmo, escapes from this mm-hmm. uh, from the slaughter. Wow! <laughs> you, you 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 lost me with Gremlins sequel. Then you got me with Twenties prequel, and then uh, you prequel. lost me with Smurfs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all over the place with this. Yeah, I mean, do I want it? Do I not? Yeah, want it? I know. The series is going to ultimately be on HBO and Cartoon Network. So again, it's animated, Cartoon Network. Okay. If you've seen the animation of it, for me, I don't care for the style yeah, of it. There's images online. It yeah. looks, yeah, it looks like it's for kids. Uh, yeah. This re- a reviewer over at Slash Film described it though as the best prequel we could hope for, hmm. noting that quote it's funny without being super silly, cute without being overly childish, and it knows how to build tension and even be scary for younger audiences. Well, so oh, far yeah. it sounds like the making of one of our you know the horrible origins. Right, the toys. Yeah. While That's I have you thing. both here, can I get some canonical oh. clarification on the Gremlins? Oh. This okay. has always oh. bothered me. So there, oh. what are the, what are the gremlins rules? You know, the gremlins rules, right? Don't sure. get them wet. Yeah. Yep. Right. Don't feed them after and, midnight. Um, Don't feed them after midnight. Yep. When can mm-hmm. I feed them? <laughs> it's always after midnight. Right. Yes. When does the window open? Is it daylight? Is it daybreak? Is it 6am? Is it, mm. I have to wait until dusk right before? I think you're going to get your answers in this prequel. <laughs> They're going to tell me. Right. Yes. Yeah. That always bugged me. I'm not sure. Was, I'm like, they're going to go hungry because I'm not going to feed him ever because it's after midnight. Ever. It's like, yeah. dude, it's four in the afternoon. <laughs> Clearly 
but it's after midnight. Dude, <laughs> after midnight. That would have been me as a kid in the 80s if I had those things. If I was right. uh, Zach Because you had the governor on. Billy. Like, don't show up yeah. on the news, whatever you do. That's right. This dumb kid fed a gremlin at three in the afternoon. Clearly no so clock no, reading skills. So no, yeah, you're right. That, that gremlin would eventually be a skeleton inside of its little home. My mom would find it only because of the smell. Well, good I wouldn't news. Have told her either. He's not wet anymore. So we got that yeah. going for oh. it. This is great. We have starving gremlins and kicking puppies. Oh, it's family entertainment. Also, also mm-hmm. deserving of a PG-13. Yes. Uh, so you got a number of uh, folks, uh, new new uh, oh. actors in, in this cast, including B.D. Wong, Sandra Oh, Randall Park, George Takei, and Bowen mm. Yang. Mm. And uh, the original actor, Zach Galligan, whom I just mentioned a moment ago, will actually be uh, guesting on some of the episodes as well. Wasn't there a famous comedian as the voice of Gizmo? Yeah, oh, yes, it's true. Yeah. Is he oh, going to oh, be back? Oh. Oh. Do you yes. remember Kat? Um, oh, what's his face? <laughs> that, exactly. Um, yeah. Howie, was it Howie Mandel? There you Is go. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to... ding Oh, hang on a second. But that's not the right button. <laughs> the wrong screen. <laughs> and my easy that button was easy. broken. <laughs> that was yeah, there it is. Remember? I got tap job. <laughs> No, he's not going to be back. There's actually a new young actor that I don't remember his name mm. is going to be doing the voice of Gizmo. That's fine. Okay. What I just said in Gizmo language is all he has to do is talk like this. Mm-hmm. You know, let me tell you about a, another interesting one. Because it's only interesting okay. because of nobody knows what the hell's going on with it. Um, <laughs> maybe you don't care for the film or the franchise necessarily, but I wanted to tell you about Children of the Corn. Oh, hmm. this this is interesting to me because so we first learned about Children of the Corn. Back in the pandemic. And the, and the reason why it stands out to me is because uh, the film continued to uh, cont- stay in production in spite of the fact that the pandemic now is raging on. We're talking about mm-hmm. 2020 when we still didn't know as much about it as we know now. And mm-hmm. a lot of studios, pretty much every film was shutting down. This one yeah. continued to film. <laughs> I believe it was in New Zealand they were, they were filming. Kurt Wimmer is the uh, gentleman who's uh, behind it. Oh, Australia. I see it. Summer 2020 mm-hmm. in Australia. Um, the, the cast and crew agreed to con- continue producing it in isolation as a way right. to keep safe mm-hmm. during this. And as far as we know, they, they were successful in uh, keeping everybody safe. Mm-hmm. Um, but even though it was done, in, uh, uh, completed in 2020 and slated for a 2021 release, as of today, it's yet to be premiered anywhere. Huh. And, and while it's had a handful of screenings in different parts around the world, the production company's website still says awaiting release fall 2022 and it hasn't changed. It's been like this for a while now. Huh. Well, we're not um, there yet. It could still happen, no. I guess. Yeah. yeah. If you're a fan of Stephen King, you, you may or may not be heartened by the, the news that the, the, the uh, producer of it, Lucas Foster, shared with Variety that their version of the story almost has nothing to do with the 1984 adaptation. So this is... Huh. Interesting to me because like Fletch, what they said is we're not gonna we're gonna disregard the film and we're Ooh, going to the original right. source material. So they right. turn to King's short story or King's is it a short story? I think it is. King's short story upon okay. which the uh mm-hmm. the eighties adaptation was based. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> the, interesting. The original films had nine sequels, with only the first actually being in, in the theaters, the other one straight to video. Right. Oh. Uh, of all his films, Stephen King actually likes Children of the Corn, where he famously hates all the, essentially hates most of the movies. Oh, isn't that funny? Yeah. That's ironic. It's the one that he likes, and then they're going to make it completely different <laughs> from that. <laughs> yeah, of, of his films, he said, quote, I guess uh, there are a number of pictures I feel that I, that are a little bit like yuck. Uh, I could do without all the Children of the Corn sequels. I actually like the original pretty well. 
And of the smaller pictures, the best one is probably Cujo with D. Wallace. Hmm. Another plug for yeah. D. Wallace. We talked to her just a few months ago. Yeah. Um, and, all right. And Stand By Me, another great adaptation of a Stephen King. That's King. true. Yeah. Does hey. he like that one? You know, he know. didn't mention it, that. If he doesn't, Misery? he has no soul. You're talking about Rob Reiner, <laughs> Misery is another great adaptation he kicks too. Puppies. Yeah, that's good yeah. too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so guys, like mm-hmm. I said, there's a lot of these. What do I do? I just want to rattle these off here. These are I don't know. Again, let's we should wrap up. It's been a while. Well, look, we talk, look. I'll, I'll, this this could be in the show, right? Who cares? Um, you know, look, <laughs> we're running out of time. I'm just going to go through these. If these yeah, aren't worth go. talking about, at some point we will. If you have a few, if you have a few left, yeah, give us the update on them, maybe, so we we'll just, know, we know what to anticipate. And we'd like our our listeners to reach out to us and tell us if you want to hear more. Oh, there you go, cat. Yeah, or or reach out to me via Discord, yeah. and I will tell Will or what you had to John. say. Join Gen X Grown Ups Discord. <laughs> yeah, go to our middle manager. That's how we get our mail. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so L.A. Log that was coming back. They shot a pilot, uh, and ABC passed. That's canceled. Yeah. It's dead. That's yeah, we're right. going to see the uh, couple of the original cast members returning with so with uh rest of them being a new cast. Knight Rider, not happening. Uh, James yeah. Gunn though, recently said that he uh-huh. had been talking to David Hasselhoff about bringing yeah. it back. But uh, Well, they did a reboot oh. already in 91. Well, it wasn't a reboot as a continuation. Oh, did they? And that, yeah, yes. Knight Rider oh. 2000. They've had, a, yeah. they've had a couple of, uh, yes, yeah, spinoffs and reboots. Yeah. It was, it that, was yeah. eh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I didn't miss Last Starfighters. I think we talked about this recently. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nothing board. new since the 2021, you know, because I, I was bragging that I talked to Jonathan Batchel, the screenwriter. That's right. Um, but nothing <laughs> new since Jonathan called me that time. <laughs> All right. I'm, gonna, I'm trying to cut this short, not brag too much, because I won't. Uh, in April of this year, Nick Castle, though, at a con, said that there, it's, it, it, that, quote, there are promising whispers from the original writer, Jonathan Batchel. Uh, my buddy, but you never know about these things until the money changes hands. End quote. <laughs> um, all right, what else we got here? Planes, right. trains, and automobiles. Oh, so uh, it's, here's a short story. Uh, a few years ago, Kevin Hart and Will Smith were attached, and Kevin Hart was talking about how you know they're gonna they're working on the story and trying to get their own take. Uh, For some reason, we haven't heard anything about that anymore. Funny though, don't know. Yeah, I think weird. since of March of 2022, it's haven't heard again. Mm, Quite it's odd. about then, yeah. I'm interested in the Time Bandits, where Taika Waititi is supposed to be writing and directing it. That's a good fit. Right? Yep. So we haven't heard anything recently, but in March of 2019 is uh, is when it was first announced that Taika Waititi was developing it for Apple. Mm -hmm. What's discouraging Mm -hmm. is that at that same time, Terry Gilliam said, what? Who's doing what? (laughs) Who? (laughs) <laughs> oh, he's not involved? Oh, at all? Well, he's listed as a, uh, a as a, as a executive producer, but he told um, Total Film that he was a non-writing executive producer. Yeah, yeah. He, he's, uh, he's the guy from whom we got the name. Yeah. And he <laughs> found out about Taika Waititi's involvement by, via the quote, Reb, he says. Oh. Um, the web. So that's not good. And at around that time, he told Variety Italy that he had not yet signed a contract with Apple because he had taken issue with the fact that there was a clause in his contract that it said he couldn't badmouth anybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we don't even know if there's a contract. Okay. Who, well, who wanted to badmouth people and didn't want to sign it? Was that Gilliam, Terry Gilliam? Terry Gilliam. Gilliam. He wanted, that be, makes he wanted sense. to be able to f- yeah. free to say yeah. what he wants about the show. He's so, always been kind um, of the contrarian from that Python gang. Yeah, he's the yes. one that's, everything is doom and gloom and like, this was terrible. I can see he's Terry Gilliam. He's the American. That's why he's the American. Yep, ah. that makes sense. Um, uh, twin sequel, who knows? It seems like it's moving forward, but they like uh, having lost Richard Donner on the, um, yeah. what are yeah. we talking about? Oh, Lethal Weapon. They, yes. They, they, they um, likewise lost uh, Ivan Reitman. I had heard a tiny bit about the twin sequel. Have you guys talked about it here before? That, that it was going to be called Triplets? 
Yes. And there was going to be yet a yeah. third. And the, and they were like, yep. so yes. you had Schwarzenegger and DeVito were opposites yeah. of each other. Yeah. And what uh-huh. I had heard was who's the opposite of both of those guys. And the third was going to yeah. be Eddie Murphy. I'd heard that. That's right. So, yes. You know. Yes, we did. And yep, they yep. actually yep. lost Eddie Murphy because of the success of coming to America, to right. America. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That uh, yeah. sequel became so popular that Eddie became in vogue again. And people were, he was getting cast in a number of different projects. And so Ivan Reitman lost him to some other projects and they cast Tracy Morgan instead. Oh, come right, on. Right. But you Ivan Schwarzenegger and DeVito, away. you can't get Eddie Murphy? Come on now. Oh, man. Uh, I'm just going to, look, yeah. I'm just going to crank through these again. We'll just, if someone yeah. want to hear about them, let us know. All right. We may have a Young Guns 3. Uh, yeah. History of the World Part 2 is going to be a TV series, apparently. Oh. Uh, Lost Boys is going to be reimagined with a new uh, young cast. Oh, boy. Mm. The Goonies TV show, we talked about this a while ago. It mm. is still moving forward. Really? And, okay. you know, we should talk about this on another episode, John, because I, I don't know if you mm. were on the episode we talked about it, but it's a, no. it's an interesting take is what they're doing on that. Uh, uh, John's not allowed to be on that episode. <laughs> Well, he is because of, <laughs> now you make me talk about it's it. It's a reimagining. Uh-oh. We can talk about it. It's a, yes. It's a reimagining. It's actually based on something else yeah. that oh. John is probably familiar with. All right. Okay. I'll say that. Who's the boss with Tony Danza and Alyssa Milano's coming? Okay. Uh, Conan series seems to have, be dead. Uh, oh. Major League Three. Um, hmm. um, yeah. Let me skip a couple of these. Night Court, we've talked about, is coming. Quantum mm. Leap is coming. Speaking of Major Talks League, we just had, we had the League of Their Own series is out now. They're reimagining that again. Mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. true. That's Another baseball movie, franchise. Yes, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Toxic Avengers in the can. No. Oh, trauma. Oh, toilet flushing. <laughs> Starring uh, Kevin Bacon and Peter Dinklage. That's uh, maybe coming hey, in the fall I'm a real year. ghost over here. Cut it out. <laughs> Can I get a courtesy flush? That's should the I, right accent. <laughs> should I just drop names every time I know somebody that we talk about? Or no, is that too cheesy? Is that tacky? That's tacky, right? right do, it. do it. Do it. Peter I, and I used to it's act funny. <laughs> uh, my old theater company buddy, Peter Dinklage. Okay. And then the finally Willow is also coming. All right. There you go. <laughs> All right. Whatever. You want to hear about any of those? Some of those we talked about already. Whatever. This episode became me running through a bunch of things yeah. in five minutes. Well, you said Willow. Well, Willow's going to be a mini series, right? So we talked about that. Oh, That's yeah. going to be, that should be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, lots of good stuff. All right, I have and too many things to watch. <laughs> information-packed episode. Uh, you know, I had I had some a listener tell me recently uh, they love when we just do list episodes, which are my least really? favorite things mm-hmm. to do. I always feel like we're cheating. There you go. Congratulations. I, I like the list. How do we end the show? I forget now. Okay, so hey, that was oh. the show. All right, so uh, that's how we do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, uh, you know what? Some of, some of the ones that are coming, I am excited about. Willow, I'm excited about. That looks mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, But it's yeah. a continuation, yeah. not a reimagining. You've got right. the original yeah. actors in it. Good uh-huh. call. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Toxic Avenger, I, I, that's a film from the 80s that I think could probably benefit from a reboot. In fact, the original creator of Toxic Avenger, the original director and co-writer, said uh-huh. their version, the new one is better. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, like He-Man, right. that was done by Troma Films and a super just absolute tiny budget, just a shoestring uh-huh. budget. So I can imagine, he's probably got Lucas syndrome where he's like, well, now that I have the technology, I can make what I envision. Yeah. Right. Right. He just, he just uh, does a bunch of changes to the original uh, Toxic <laughs> Avenger. Just, just doesn't add some CG characters and some new Sticks Matt Kevin Bacon yeah. and Peter Dinklage in. <laughs> I don't know. Are they oh, still right. filming it in Jersey City? <laughs> I don't know. They filmed, they filmed oh. it in Bulgaria, I think. Oh, wow. Oh, I should have said, I should have done my joke again. Hey, that, and just like yeah. any, uh, you know, show that's set in an urban uh, city in uh, America, it was filmed in Bulgaria. 
That's Makes right. Sense. There, we know comedy comes in fours. <laughs> it didn't Wait, even come in notes. threes. Check my notes. Potato, potato, uh, orange <laughs> juice. All right. Hey, thank you to the wonderful folks who bring us, help bring us a show every, am I saying it, cat, or are you saying it? I'm going to say You're it. You're just going to interrupt me? Oh, you're going to oh, do it? Oh, has got okay. the list. Look at that. Uh, I, I wasn't sure it, what you were going to hey there. So hey, <laughs> hey, hey, we want to thank our supporters over yep. at Patreon, including our early adopters like Karen Flieger and Kathy Burke and Rick Parker. And also our secret of my success level Patreon mm -hmm. supporters, mm -hmm. John Henderson, Craig Coletta, John Kaminsky, and our very own John Reddick. Oh, oh hold on. Hold on. Yep. Wait, hold mm -hmm. on. I, well, unfortunately, uh -oh. yeah. something has changed because just what? today I actually had to had to turn off my Patreon subscription to 1980s. Son now, of a bitch. Well, what? I think it was. Well, it, it's it's not uh, hanging there with me. It's it's not. I think it's fine and appropriate to be a contributor when you're a co-host. Uh, but uh, if you guys will have me, I think I'd like to stay on as a permanent host, and it just wouldn't be appropriate uh, to be a contributor. Uh, I don't have up. that applause. I need my easy button. Yeah. So it's cool with yeah. you guys. You know, I think rather than being a patron, I will be your yes. third chair. If that's oh, good gosh, for you. Thank you. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Awesome. It's okay. You can do that. Yeah, we don't have to give you okay. money back thank though, you. do we? Uh-oh. All of it. Yes, please. <laughs> I spent that money. Are you looking for a refund? I thought I you're not FDIC insured. I, I was misled by the logo. <laughs> I spent that money on this book. We didn't have a sponsor. I lied. <laughs> oh, really? Yes, oh, Nikki Bostage. <laughs> well, John, that's amazing. That's so wonderful. And you know, Yay. hey, look, we were just getting the, uh, you know, some accolades about how uh, great we uh, fit together. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, at least you're I always picture bubbling beakers, <laughs> all the chemistry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a great wonderful. time here. You guys have been so welcoming. You know, you, you lost Ray, who was a huge part of the show, and you were so generous to bring me on because I was convenient and you knew my number already. And, uh, <laughs> And, and, and as I told you at the time, let's see how it goes, right? Don't let's not yeah. jump in the middle of something. And then we find out that oh, mm. everyone hates it. And all the listeners write in and go, get rid of that guy. And if those have written in, will you've generously held them back for me? I have not read them. So mm -hmm. but, yeah. that's the mail he receives. You only get yes. the good. Yeah. yeah, that's why he doesn't read mail because it's all hate <laughs> mail for me. That makes sense. But yeah, thank you for the invitation. Thanks for the opportunity. Yes. And I'm happy to be here. Yay. Well, that's wonderful. So, so next week isn't our, so this isn't our last episode with John and nope. That's great. So I'll see you on the flip flop. 10 what? four, good buddy. Oh, this yes. is truck. <laughs> How do I? Uh, <laughs> I feel so uh, left out, I guess. Is there a way I can get inducted yes. into this? I mean, my dad's not going to be a trucker now. He's in his mid seventies. So it's a bit late for that. Yeah. If I get him we, to buy a pickup truck, is that enough? He's got a he's got a drive truck. We, you just got to come up with a handle. As far as I'm concerned, is. I don't yeah. know how John feels about this. No, that sounds you need too a handle. easy. I get a CB player. Well, and you have to use well, we, it on the Citizens Band <laughs> on okay. Channel 19. All right, Channel 19. All right. <laughs> then then you're like 45 percent of the way to being a trucker. All right, I'll work on that. All right, I hey like guys, we've taken up above everybody's time, including our own. All right, we will talk to you next time on 1980s Now. Next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>